Shalom and welcome to episode 3. This is your host, Daniel, your friendly neighborhood Catholic Jew, and you are listening to The Catholic Jew Perspective. Are you ready? Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back once again to the podcast. For today's episode, I wanted to share a little bit about my reasoning as to why I ended up in Catholicism and not Orthodox Judaism. That, recognizing the fact that previous to Catholicism and this pursuing of Catholicism, I was living according to the way of Messianic Judaism, which is kind of like a blanket statement because there is no solid definition of what that means. Messianic Judaism has many flavors, some more rabbinic, some less. Some have different views according to which community you go to. But in essence, Messianic Judaism teaches that we are to live according to the Mosaic law. Recognizing, however, that you are under a new covenant, the Brichadashah, the new covenant provided through Yeshua, but you're still keeping the commandments and the halakha, the way of living, according to the way that we see in the Mosaic Law and passed down to the Mishnah and some people, according to what you see in the Talmud, the Gemara, and all of those things. So, that's a lot of jargon to basically say that I was living pretty much as an Orthodox Jew plus Yeshua in my life. Now, a lot of people wondered why I didn't just go all the way, drop Yeshua, and just continue to live as an Orthodox Jew. I actually had a conversation once with an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, and he asked me that very question. Why can't I just drop the Yeshua thing? And he said, actually, that one day I might. I don't think so, buddy. (laughs) But uh, why not? Why not go with Orthodox Judaism, right? They believe in the God of the Bible. They are ancient. It sounds very rich in tradition and culture. It's beautiful, and I can't deny that. But there are some major flaws that I began to notice in Judaism, and that later actually applied to Messianic Judaism, as I began to study more and more. There were three major things that I saw, and it was the priesthood, so the high priest and the priesthood itself, the sacrificial system, and the matter of the temple. What are these things? Why are they important? And why did they change my mind about Messianic Judaism and also the way that I view that I view Orthodox Judaism? It all has to do with the fact that Judaism, as we see in the Bible and the scriptures, is completely reliant on the temple, on the sacrificial system, and on the Levitical priesthood and the high priest that is part of that. If you don't have the temple, you don't have where to offer the sacrifices. If you don't have the sacrifices, then you have no atonement for sin. If you don't have the priesthood itself, you have no one to officiate these things and to teach the commandments and explain. You wouldn't have the Beit Din Hagadol, the great assembly, the great court. So, in other words, you can't really run the nation. And if we look at the way that Israel was 
you know, prior to the destruction of the temple, it was a theocratic nation. Even though towards the end of it, it was under Roman rule, it still was a theocratic nation. They still had the court and everything, but it wasn't operating the way that it should after the temple because there was no temple, there was no priesthood, and there was no sacrificial system. So what the rabbis did is they ended up adding their own way of sacrifices, which was the way of good deeds, the almsgiving and keeping the commandments and prayer. That would be the replacement for sacrifices. But this is not sanctioned in the scriptures or even even anything that came from the high court. This is something that came from the rabbis. There is no temple that was completely done away with and that system was gone. So the synagogues became the place where you worship and learn. Um, then you have the priesthood. There was no priesthood, but the teaching authority basically was taken over by the rabbis. So as you can see, <laughs> I've been saying rabbi, rabbi a lot. And that's basically why this new form of Judaism is not temple Judaism. It's not biblical Judaism. It's rabbinic Judaism. So when I noticed that, I knew immediately that this system was faulty. Although in the surface it looks good, in reality it's not sanctioned by scripture or even anything that you can find in the Mishnah. Later in the Gemara and other Jewish writings, you see where the rabbis come in and change things. And of course, I'm sure good intentions in mind. But in reality, this was only because Judaism as a whole rejected Yeshua. So then what happens to Messianic Judaism? Messianic Judaism claims to be keeping that old system, but they're facing the same issue. There is no temple. So in Messianic Judaism, they would tell you, you know, we need to keep the commandments. Okay, so why are we not offering sacrifices? Oh, Yeshua does that. Okay, what about the pilgrimages where we're supposed to go to the Holy Land? Oh, you know, we, we can't do that, but God knows that we can't. So no, that, that doesn't work. You can't cherry pick and say, keep the commandments, but not these commandments because of some issue of you're not being able to reach the land. You could take a flight. Of course, I say that tongue in cheek because in reality, not everybody has that ability. And this also exposes one of the issues that I found with Messianic Judaism. And it was that Messianic Judaism tries to hold on to, in part, what Rabbinic Judaism teaches and parts of what Temple Judaism teaches and part of what Yeshua teaches and the Apostles. But it's just parts and parts. And this is why there's no uniformity. There's no Beitin. There's no high court. There's no authority. There is no sacrificial system either. They understand that Yeshua, yes, he died for us and all this. But where does it say that we only remember Yeshua and that's it? That's all that we're supposed to do. When Yeshua tells us to do this in remembrance of me, he didn't just mean to remember his sacrifice mentally, but to take part in it. And this is not a one-time thing. This is a daily thing. We take part in his sacrifice every day. And this goes really deep, and I'm not going to get into that now, but basically, that was an issue. The other issue, again, is the whole temple issue. 
And then lastly is the priesthood. There is no priesthood in either Orthodox Judaism or Messianic Judaism, which then led to me feeling that perhaps Messianic Judaism was basically Jewish-flavored Protestantism. And that hurt to think about it that way because I really did love so many aspects of Messianic Judaism. I'm not here to bash it because I learned a lot. I grew a lot within that movement. I made wonderful connections, but that's pretty much it. It capped in essence because I saw that it was standing on two legs. It was not balanced and it was about to collapse. So then I started looking around and this is where Catholicism really hit home for me. Although I wasn't searching for it. Because in reality, what I was trying to do when I started noticing these issues was looking to see how the earliest believers in Yeshua actually lived. And when I started looking at things like the Didache, which is one of the earliest writings attributed to the believers in Yeshua, then I looked at things like the Apostolic Fathers, which are the disciples of the Apostles, the pre-Nicene fathers, which are the ones that came before the Nicene council. And I did that because so many people used to tell me that after the Nicene council, that's when paganism took over the belief in Yeshua and Christianity in essence. So I wanted to be careful and, you know, just stick early as possible as I could. Of course, as I did that, I became scared because I noticed how Catholic it looked. And not only just Catholic, but I started to see how Jewish it looked. And not in the way of modern Judaism, because that's rabbinic. I'm talking about Temple Judaism, where you still have a priesthood. You still have a temple system. And you do have a sacrificial system. Where are these things found? Well, we know that the temple is the heavenly temple where Yeshua offers himself to the Father. The priesthood, not Levitical, but apostolic, a.k.a. the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, which is what Yeshua is claimed as the high priest of. And on top of that, we do have the sacrificial system itself through the sacrifice of the Mass. So all of these things together, that's when I started to notice that it all makes sense. And it was all fitting so nicely. Although at first, I will admit, it freaked me out. Because when I noticed that it looked Catholic, being that in my past I was raised anti-Catholic, it really scared me. And I didn't want to accept it. But the more I studied, the more I prayed, the more I asked God, God, please just lead me. If this is not where you want to take me, close these doors. Don't let me be distracted. Take me to your truth. That is all I want. And that was my prayer. And God kept letting me and leading me. And everything started to fit. And again, what made sense to me was that it showed all of these things that were missing in Orthodox Judaism and Messianic Judaism and in Protestantism. And it also seemed to flow 
right out of Temple Judaism. And then it made sense when I considered the words of Yeshua when he says that he didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but he came to fulfill them. And that's another thing that gets misunderstood in Messianic Judaism because they think, see, he didn't destroy it. He just came to tell us how to really live it out. But to fulfill, yes, it means to bring it to its highest meaning. But it doesn't mean necessarily that it means that we're going to be living the way that it used to be lived, but just with a deeper mental understanding. That's not really the fulfillment Yeshua was talking about. And we can see this because of the example given through history. And this is why history is so important. But when he says that he came to fulfill, he came to really give it its full meaning because the temple wasn't all about these earthly temple ideas that we were seeing in Messianic Judaism or even in Orthodox Judaism now. It was pointing us to the heavenly temple. The priesthood is fulfilled in his priesthood in which the priesthood here through the Catholic Church takes part in, a.k.a. in persona Christi, which basically means that when a priest is offering the sacrifice of the Mass, he's not doing it out of his own power, but rather through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, through Christ. And all of these things, again, little by little, it took me a while, but those were the reasons why I said, now I can see that rabbinic Judaism really is a man-made thing. They're trying to go on this little lifeboat when the ship was still here. The captain is Yeshua. So although it sounds true in many ways, you're not in its full truth. And the fullness of this truth is only found in the Catholic Church. Now me previously living in the way of Messianic Judaism, I didn't see that before. But now I saw it, and it was beautiful, and now I see it, and I'm growing in it. And this is why I'm continuing this path, and I hope that I'm able to help some folks through the means of this podcast or my YouTube channel. Um, you can find me there in YouTube. You can find me on Instagram as well. And I'm here to help however I can. My handle is MessianicMeTV. So check out the handle and follow me there. All right, folks. Thank you once again for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I just wanted to take you down memory lane and explain why I didn't go the route of Orthodox Judaism, why I didn't stick with Messianic Judaism, and why instead I ended up in the path to Orthodox Catholicism. All right. Have a blessed week. Shalom.